0: Corey Johnson and Carol Mass are here in our 1130 studios in our world headquarters in New York City, along with our friend Scott Galloway, professor of NYU Stern School of Business, NYU my alumna, I'm an alumnus of uh, NYU, but also as author of a book, um, uh, The Four, The Hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. These are the companies, uh, Scott, uh, mm-hmm. that that I'm asked about constantly by people in other business realms, I think that every one in the world of business looks at these companies and says, what are they doing, what, how do they do that, how do they keep doing that?
1: Yeah, the first thing I would say is that they age in reverse. They're sort of these Benjamin Button (laughs) companies that use algorithms such that the more that you use them versus a car or a tube of toothpaste, they actually get better. So they don't They've suspended the natural order, and that is they age in reverse. So every time you search Google, the products Google, themselves. The products themselves. Every time you search Google gets one three billionth better because the algorithm gets informed by your searches. Every time you turn on Waze, it, it starts pinging your GPS location and updates the algorithm. Traffic patterns are made better. We for help other them people. get better. We're the product. If you're not paying for something, that means you are the product, and we are the product. We provide the content, and more people use Facebook, the better it gets.
2: I got to ask you: Are these companies to revere or fear? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Tremendous competition.
1: E- tremendous economic growth, inspiration, source of national pride. Also. Uh, incredible tax avoidance, job destruction at a pace we can't refill those jobs, and a mother-of-all hall passes where they don't endure the same scrutiny as every other business in the world. How did
2: they do that?
1: Uh, A, they're outstanding, and we admire them and love them. Uh, Their consumer products bring tremendous utility and joy to our lives. And uh, some other stuff, they're very good at uh, – they've co-opted old media into becoming their outsource investor relations department. Mm I think they wrap themselves in a progressive blanket to come across as softer and more cuddly than they actually are. I think they wrap themselves in a neon blue rainbow or pink blanket. Hey, everybody lean in when during the day they're actually – their business practices are more reminiscent of the spawn of Darth Vader and Ayn Rand. So I think they manage their brands perfectly. No, no, no.
2: Scott. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> this is the <laughs> PG-13 version, by the way. <laughs> But, you know, there's- Tune there's, in for
1: Bloomer
0: Markers after dark. There, <laughs> there you go. I know,
2: exactly. I pulled something from your press release, and it just said, whether you want to compete with them, do business with them, or simply live in the world they dominate, you need to understand these companies. Mm-hmm. So whether you like them or not, you got to yeah. know, you got to understand how they're doing it.
1: Trem- uh, so the first year of business school, we take a kid who makes 60000 a year turn it into $120,000 a year. It's an incredibly productive year. The second year is mostly so we can charge one hundred and twenty dollars in Uh, Tuition versus 60 and fulfill the teaching requirements of tenured faculty that should have been put on an ice flow 20 or 30 years ago. If we were going to make the second year as productive as the first year, we would teach everything about these four companies, to understand these four companies. Is to understand ourselves. It's to understand the intersection between technology, media, innovation, and retail. These four companies should be what we are studying the second year. In so business take world.
2: Amazon, right? Corey and I spend so much time, you know, talking about Amazon. And Corey will, you know, we'll talk about it. they sell an awful lot of stuff, but you look yep. at their balance sheet; it's not necessarily one to be admired. In well, terms of well, the profitability, there are,
1: there are, well, the balance sheet is. Well, the
2: balance sheet is right.
1: But that's but that's that's a key point, Carol. How do we? How does a society function? How do we pay our firefighters, our teachers, and our soldiers when a company can get to a half a trillion dollars in value, and pay 1.4 billion in corporate income taxes since 2008 versus Walmart that's paid 64 billion in the last 24 months? Amazon has added the value of Walmart to its market capitalization.
0: So um, uh, there's so many issues to talk about here. I think what's interesting about these companies is you've selected them is that – and this is something uh, my friend John Battelle has pointed out. I don't know if you know John Battelle. Yeah, B- no, um, well. Wow. Uh, John pointed out to me long ago that if you look at Amazon, Apple – this is sort of before Facebook was mm-hmm. what Facebook. Has, but look at what the physical infrastructure, the factory, if mm-hmm. you will, of Amazon, mm-hmm. Apple, Facebook, Google. It's the same. It's, it's server farms, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's data centers, if you will, it's mm-hmm. even fiber optics, it's a lot of the same kinds of engineers, but you could throw into that mix Microsoft, you mm-hmm. could throw into that mix um, uh, Oracle, and or uh, IBM, mm-hmm. and you don't see the same kind of innovation. So what is the DNA outside of the industry that
1: they're in? So th- there's no doubt about it. They've created incredible cultures that result in a lot of risk-taking and an ability to take these kind of 100-home-run risks. But also, t- they are rewarded with an outsized market cap. In the case of Amazon, they have built these physical moats in the form of a warehouse fulfillment infrastructure where there's a warehouse within 20 miles of 45% of U.S. households, or about 80% of disposable income. I would argue these companies are playing. Uh, the, I use the war analogy. The end of World War II, the Germans had better tanks, better officers, but the Allies had 38 gallons of gasoline for every one they had because we cut off their supply routes. Amazon is the business that shows up with 38 gallons of gasoline because it maintains no profitability, but at the same time, has its stock consistently bid up. It can borrow money, access the credit markets, borrow money for a lower cost than China. So if I said to Bloomberg, if I said to any business in the world, you can your stock will triple, and you don't have to make any money this year, they could be remarkably innovative as well. They play by a different set of rules. Why
2: is this any time different? This group of companies different from any other round of innovative companies we've seen in the past. And just got about 30 seconds, sorry.
1: Sure. So we're in a global economy where companies can scale faster for lower costs because of the plummeting price of uh, processing power. <clears throat> Human capital and financial capital can now permeate cultural boundaries. Global markets means a great idea can get a 10x market versus a 1x. So it's become a winner-take-all economy. Never been easier to be a billionaire. Never been harder to be a millionaire.
2: Are these the companies that are around for 100 years?
1: No, none of them will be around in 100 years. Wow. Yeah. Can,
2: can we just keep going?
1: <laughs> no. Will you come back? I hope so. I'm here all the time. It's okay. great to see you
0: guys. Uh, nice to see couldn't you. Couldn't agree more. Scott Galloway, uh, NYU professor at the Stern School of Business. The book is called The Four. Check it out. The Four. Four. Hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. This is Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio.